Good to see you all here today. God bless you today. Good to see all of you who are here. Good to see all of you who are online and joining us. And also, I'm greeting those around the world who listen to this podcast every week. Uh, good to see you. Good to hear you. Good to make your acquaintance today. Um, we are so thankful to be in the house of the Lord this morning. I got one verse of scripture for you today that's going to frame something that I believe the Lord wants to say to each and every one of us. That one verse of scripture comes from James chapter 1, James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4, James chapter 1 verses 2 through 4, it says, my brethren and sister are included in brethren, count it pure joy or count it all joy when you fall into various trials. The NIV says, when you encounter various trials. Count it pure joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Something that we don't want. Something that we should never pray. You should never ask the Lord for patience. That's the first thing you learn in Sunday school. Whatever you do, you can pray for anything, but do not ask the Lord for patience because that's a prayer He will always answer. What I discovered is you don't have to ask him for it. He's going to answer that prayer anyway. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, not lacking anything. Father, speak to us today by the power of your word and spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is one of the most counterintuitive verses of Scripture in the Bible. Count it joy when you experience trials. Because when you experience trials, your faith is being tested. And when your faith gets tested, it produces patience. And patience, when it has its perfect work in you, you become perfect, not lacking anything. What this verse literally says is that your failures are the key to your perfection. That when the work of the Lord is finished in you, you will look back on every misstep that you ever made, every pit that you ever fell into, and realize that without those missteps and those pits, you never would have made it to the mountaintop. And because this is the case, we are encouraged, we are invited by the Spirit of God to hear this explanation from the Word of the Lord, believe it, And then begin to rejoice in the middle of our trials. Count it pure, unadulterated joy when you encounter, while you are encountering various trials. Don't wait till the trial is over and then look back and rejoice because you see the fruit of what God did. No, don't wait. Rejoice in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the fire. In the midst of the challenge, you should already start breaking into overwhelming joy because you know that the testing of your faith produces patience. That truth is much easier to shout to and to say amen to than it is to live. 
I went through a season last year where I was writing in my journal for multiple hours a day. I was going through something at that time. We were dropped into the middle of this storm. An incredible storm, looking back on it. And I guarantee you, I'm, I'm positive looking back on the storm, that had, the not, had not the Lord drawn me into that journaling process, my wife taught it to me. And by the way, Sungshim Lapnow, who's actually coming to do this women's conference, she's the one who created this process, right? She taught it to my wife. I resisted it for about two years <laughs> until this storm hit. And then I went to my wife humbly and said, can you teach me how to do this, please? And so I was writing and writing and writing and writing and writing and writing, and I filled multiple notebooks in a few months. Like I would go through notebooks like it was candy. And now I'm in a season where I do the short process every morning. The interactive gratitude takes about 10 minutes. But what the Lord has been leading me to do is to sit on my deck and read those old notebooks that I filled last year. And I was reading one last night. And I came across... This experience that I had in May of 2011, uh, May of 2021, last May. And I, was, I noticed the date was May 11th, 2021. I know what happened on May 11, 2021. What happened on May 11, 2021 is that the whole crypto market collapsed. Now remember I told you guys earlier this year that I have a second identity. I'm known on YouTube as Cryptogenic. And I do technical analysis of cryptocurrency charts, digital assets. I also run an investing group on Patreon. So people pay me for my technical analysis. People started paying me for my technical analysis last year. And the problem was in May of last year, I got it dead wrong. Dead wrong. And I remember the night before the crash, it was May 10th. And I went to bed feeling really uneasy. I remember feeling like something is not right here. Something's not right with the market. And I remember going to bed thinking I had three thoughts. One, I need to put stop losses on our trades. Two, I need to pull a certain percentage out and take profits. And I forget what the third thought was, but I, I remember thinking, I'll do that tomorrow morning. And I woke up in the morning and my phone was blowing up. The members of my group were freaking out because the market had tanked like 70% overnight. And all of our trades were liquidated. I, you see, I'm sweating even telling you the story. Remember the sermon I preached earlier this year on hip, hip, imposter syndrome? I had that on drugs that day. So it's like, I knew I shouldn't have been in this whole space. Who do I think I am? Teaching people technical analysis of digital assets, having people to pay me to do crypto charts for them. I'm a pastor. I should just go back to the church and stay in my little lane in the church. I felt like a failure. The two triggers in my life have been failure and rejection. Yeah. Both of those triggers were raging. And when you put those two together, 
You're a failure, therefore you will be rejected. And I believed it. I woke up that morning, my heart sank. I I was just, it's over. It's over. I've messed up, I've failed, it's done. But what did I do? I grabbed my journal and I start writing in my journal. But it was one of those moments where I was too embarrassed to even tell the Lord. It was almost like I shouldn't have been over there anyway. So how do I come to the Lord and cry about what happened when I was in a place where I wasn't supposed to be? So I just wrote about my emotions. I was like, God, I'm so anxious this morning and I'm so disappointed this morning and I'm feeling so bad this morning. And then it got time for the Lord to talk to me. And the Lord said, son, I saw your heart when you woke up this morning and saw your cell phone blowing up with texts. I saw how much of a failure you felt like. And I can see in your heart right now that you are worried that you're going to be rejected by everybody now. You're embarrassed to the core of your being. But son, I want you to know that I'm happy to be with you. And then this is what the Lord said. This moment is exciting for me. Because you're going to learn more from this moment than any victory could have taught you. Yes, some people are going to leave your group and some people are going to level attacks against you. And rightfully so. Many of the critiques are going to be right on. But you know what, son? There's going to be a group of the discerning who are going to realize that they need you more in this season than they ever needed you before. And they're going to ride this storm out with you. You watch. But in the aftermath, I'm going to bless those folks and I'm going to bless you. You watch. Now, I'm not trying to brag, but I've done pretty well since then. I learned more from that mistake, from that pit that I fell in, than any course could have taught me. And I talk about it openly with my group. I go back to that, t- I go back to that, that month and I go, see, here's what I did wrong. Here's what my... My excitement wouldn't allow me to see in the chart. The chart said clearly what was getting ready to happen, and I was blind to it because I was too excited. Guys, we're not going to make that mistake again. We're not going to make the mistake that I made last year. And now in hindsight, in hindsight, I can look back on that moment and say, you can't pay money for a moment like that. You can't pay money for a moment that way. But as I read through my journal that morning, the thing that struck me and that kind of broke my heart a little bit was that in that moment, God was rejoicing over me. But I couldn't find the faith to rejoice with Him. Count it pure joy when you encounter various trials. Count it pure joy when you encounter various trials. Do you realize that in your darkest moment, that in your most hopeless moment, that in your moments of deepest failure, when everything falls apart in your life, when you are at your lowest of low, God is still rejoicing over you in that moment. God is rejoicing and His heart is exploding with joy over you. It doesn't say count it pure joy for any other reason except that God is counting it pure joy. That God has nothing but sheer joy in the midst of your trial, not because He rejoices to see you being tried, but because He can already see the fruit of your trial. He can already see where He's taking you because of your trial. 
He already sees what He's working for you in the midst of it. And you know what the Lord said to me? I wrote it, and I, it, was so, I, it just jumped off the page. I read through it again this morning, and it slapped me in the face. God said, this is your how I built this moment. This is your how I built this moment. Now, how I built this is a podcast that I love listening to. And in every episode of that podcast, he interviews the founder of a major company. You know, like Instagram and Airbnb and, you know, all these major companies. He interviews all of the founders of those companies and they tell the story of how that company was founded. And in every single one of those stories, there's a moment where everything fell apart, where the floor was pulled out from under, where everything crashed down and it was just a pile of ashes. And they knew for a fact that it was over, that there was no chance, that nothing could possibly turn this thing around. And just as suddenly as it crumbled to ashes, all of a sudden it turned around. And it was that moment, that low moment, that actually forged them as a leader. And the Lord said, this, he said it to me in the midst of the, he said it to me on May 11th, 2022, in the midst of it, the day that the market crashed, God said, this is your how I built this moment. This is your how I built this moment. This is the real word that God is, is sending to us today. Many of you missed your how I built this moment. You've already had it. You just didn't interpret it correctly. You already had it. But you look back on it as a moment of divine abandonment instead of a moment of divine qualification. (laughs) My wife, she's been talking to me over the last few weeks about an internship we did about 12 years ago. It didn't seem to go very well. It seemed to end badly. Everybody had a bad taste in their mouth when it was over. We were so discouraged about it that we shut it down we, after two years and never did it again. And the conclusion I came to at the end of that season was, we're not good at this. We don't do this well. We should leave internships to churches that actually do it well. And my wife said to me the other day, do you realize that out of that internship came a crop of leaders that carried our church for the next 10 years? Yep. <laughs> what felt like a failure in hindsight, was actually a great success. What's this year? The year of redemption. redemption. And what did God say He's going to redeem? Redeem your weaknesses. This is the promise of God for 2022. This is the year of redemption, and God is going to redeem your weaknesses. I've been praying all year about what that means, and I've been asking God, what weaknesses are you going to redeem for me? And, and I, you know, I've been laying things out. Maybe you're going to redeem my inconsistency, right? Maybe you're going to make me more consistent. and Maybe you're going to redeem you know, my lack of administration and my lack of organization. Maybe you're going to make me more organizational, administrative. And I've been throwing out all these weaknesses. God, are you going to redeem this? And God is silent. And finally, God spoke. You know what he's redeeming? Your memory of the failures of the past. The stuff that already happened years ago that you thought was a waste, that you thought was a loss, that you thought meant nothing, that you thought was insignificant. God says, I'm redeeming those memories and I'm showing you that at the very moment that you thought you lost everything, you gained everything. Come on, somebody. This is the word of the Lord. God doesn't, can I let you in on a little secret? God doesn't do anything 
until Pharaoh says no ten times. You didn't get that, did you? God doesn't do anything until Pharaoh says no ten times. Imagine being Moses, being called of God, knowing that you're called of God, appointed by God, knowing that you're appointed by God, at a burning bush that's burning with fire, not being consumed, the voice of God coming out of the fire saying, I am the God of your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Go stand before Pharaoh and say, thus says the Lord, let my people go. Now, if God speaks to you out of a burning bush and gives you a command, you better believe that you believe it's going to work. I mean, if there's one thing you walk away from that bush believing is that it's going to work. And then he goes to Pharaoh and it doesn't work. I mean, the first time he walked into Pharaoh, he walked in like this. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) You think you got us, Pharaoh? (laughs) It's all over. Watch this. Watch this. The elders of Israel over there, he's like, watch this. Thus says the Lord. Let my people go, that they may worship me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh goes, nope. Moses is like, wait, what? No. He goes, no, matter of fact, they're going to work harder. Go increase their quota of bricks and beat them if they don't make more bricks. Get out of here. And Moses is like, wait, 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 what, what? And the elders of Israel are like, I thought you said God called you. I thought you said God sent you. I thought you said God heard our cries. I thought you said it was going to work. I thought you said God said. You ain't heard from God. You ain't doing nothing but lying. You said you were going to deliver us. All you did was make things harder for us. You put a sword in Pharaoh's hand to kill us. You loaded Pharaoh's gun, said, please shoot them. And Moses goes home and he cries out to the Lord, says, Lord, what's going on? You told me it was going to work. And God goes, Go back and do it again. But the the, the elders of Israel are mad at me. Yeah, go back to them again and tell them, but this time it's going to work. They don't even listen to me. Just go tell them. Tell them, I am the Lord your God, and I will bring you out of Egypt on eagle's wings. But why would they listen to me? Because I speak with a stammering tongue. Go tell them again. And he goes and tells them again. And then he goes to Pharaoh again. And Pharaoh says, no again. The whole time Moses is like, God, you tripping. Man, you just keep telling me to do it and then you don't do it. How are you going to tell me to do it and then you don't do it? You tell me what to do, what I'm supposed to do, but you ain't doing what you're supposed to do. You ever done what you're supposed to do and God didn't do what he was supposed to do? It's messed up, God. Do you know what the strength of Moses was? you know what his strength was? That he was willing to go back ten times. In ten consecutive weeks. The problem with some of us in this room right now is that Pharaoh said no and you haven't been back to his court in three years. And you'll go back again, he'll say no again, say I knew it! I knew God wasn't with me. I knew God didn't speak to me. Of course Pharaoh said no. Pharaoh always says no to me. Anybody else would have asked and Pharaoh would have said yes. The problem with us is we go to Pharaoh's court once a year for 10 years and then we cry to the Lord about why he's taking so long. 
faith is facing the no's consecutively. If Pharaoh says no, I'm going to go back again. And if he says no, I'm going back the next day. And if he says no, I'm going back the next day. And if he says no, I'm going back the next day. I'm not going to stop. Why? Because I know that God called me. I know that God sent me. I know that God heard me. And I know that I heard God. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Get a hold of this today. Pharaoh's got to say no ten times. Every time Pharaoh says no, God is getting more glory in the eventual yes. Every time Pharaoh says no, God doesn't do anything till Lazarus has been in the grave for four days. The disciples are going, what are we waiting for? Lazarus is sick. And Jesus is like, "Mm, he's already dead. What do you mean he's already dead? He's dead. So what are we doing? We ain't doing nothing. Not yet. I don't move till Lazarus has been in the grave for four days. Why is it that God doesn't move until Pharaoh says no ten times? Why is it that Jesus doesn't move until Lazarus has been in the grave for four days? I'll tell you why. Because when God finally moves after Pharaoh said no, you'll never look back and say, I'm here by the grace of Pharaoh. Never will the disciples, never will the people of Israel look back on that enslavement and say, thank God Pharaoh said yes. We're here by the grace of Pharaoh. Pharaoh had a, a, a heart of compassion for us and he let us go. No, 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 no. Pharaoh said no. God reversed his no and said yes. Pharaoh said no. God said yes. We're here by the grace of God, not the grace of Pharaoh, not the grace of the government, not the grace of my job. Not the grace of the market. God lets the market crash so you don't thank the market when God blesses you. So you don't say, praise God for my job. You say, praise God for Jesus. Praise God for God. (laughs) Right, somebody? He waits till Lazarus has been in the grave for four days so that you can't say he resuscitated him. (laughs) Praise God for the doctors. And don't get me wrong, praise God for doctors. But there comes a point where God steps right over the doctors and does something that the doctors cannot do. This is your how I built this moment. What's your how I built this moment? You need to start asking the Lord that question. What's my how I built this moment? Because for some of you, you're going to have to look back on that moment and start rejoicing over it because you've been grieving over that moment for years instead of rejoicing over that moment. God wanted you to rejoice in the moment, but you're still grieving over it years after the moment happened. And you haven't seen that that was your how I built this moment. Some of you are in your how I built this season right now. You need to start rejoicing. You need to say, thank you, Lord, for taking me all the way down into this pit that you know I can't climb out of in my own strength. Because when you lift me out of this pit by your strength, I'm going to look back on this pit and say that was the moment where God showed that only God can lift, that God will do things that no one else can do. That this is the grace of God. 
He calls you to a place that's beyond your discipline to go. Why? So that you'll never look back and say, my discipline got me here. I'm a self-made man. Nobody ever gave me anything. You ain't doing nothing but lying. You ain't got nothing that you haven't received. Everything you have has been given to you. What are you talking about? Nobody ever gave me nothing. Nobody should ever say, nobody ever gave me nothing. You should say, God gave me everything. God is committed, fully committed to revealing his grace to us. He says, no matter what I got to do, I'm going to reveal my grace to you. I'm going to show you how gracious and merciful I am. I'm going to show you how much I love you and how invested in you I am. I own all the stock in your company. All of it. I bought every share. That's how invested I am in you. I'm so invested in you that I can't let you lose. I can't let you fail. But I will allow you to walk through things that are profitable for you to walk through. Because if you don't hear anything else I say, hear this, that God will not deliver you from that which is more profitable for you to endure. Wow. Amen. You say that? Do you hear God will not deliver you from that which is more profitable for you to endure. He said, when you walk through the waters, I will be with you. But the whole time I'm praying, God, take me out of the waters. I don't want to walk through the waters. He said, no, no, no. There's no promise that you won't have to walk through them. The promise is I'll be with you. (laughs) What gave Moses the faith to make it 40 years in the wilderness? To believe God when there was no bread and no food and no water. I'll tell you what. Those ten no's of Pharaoh, they were faith building for Moses. Those ten no's of Pharaoh, they were faith building for the people of Israel. Those ten no's of Pharaoh, the whole community needed it. It was as if God was saying, y'all need this. You need these no's. I know you feel abandoned and forsaken by these no's, but you need these no's. These no's are your food. Learn to eat these no's. These no's are your sustenance. Learn to snack on these no's. Learn to absorb it into your being. Learn to gain, uh, learn to obtain nourishment from the no's. Nourishment from the no's. Because you know who else experienced a divine no? Jesus himself, the night he was betrayed. We don't think about this much, do we? That he went into the Garden of Gethsemane and he prayed this prayer. Please, God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. You know what he was asking the Father? Don't make me go through this. Please don't make me walk through this. Please don't let me get liquidated. Because you want to talk about getting liquidated? My trading account got liquidated. His life got liquidated. But he was willing to be liquidated. Because he also knew that if it is the will of the Father for me to endure this, 
It's going to be for good and not for evil. And that's why he ended the prayer. Nevertheless, not my will be done, but yours. Stop asking God to end the trial. Stop asking God to fix the problem. Stop asking God to take away the pain. Instead, count it pure joy. Learn to rejoice with God in the midst of it. And you know what? Sometimes you rejoice through your tears. Sometimes you rejoice right through your grieving. Rejoicing doesn't mean that you don't grieve. Yet we do have to grieve. It's insanity to try not to. And matter of fact, the Spirit of God grieves with us. But learn to rejoice in the midst of your grieving. The joy of the Lord being your strength, but the grief and sorrow that you have to walk through, that's part of the trial. But learning that one doesn't have to nullify the other, that's maturity. Amen. Bow your heads and let's pray. Precious Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. Jasmine, would you mind coming to the piano? Sorry to put you to work on your day off. Lord, I thank you that there's many in this house right now who've already been through their How I Built This moment, but they misinterpreted it. They look back on that moment as a moment of forsakenness instead of divine qualification. Just like you redefined the trial that I went through last year. You told me in the midst of it, I'm rejoicing at this moment. And you called me this morning and last night to reinterpret that moment in my mind so that I could rejoice with you over it. This is how you are redeeming our weaknesses today. You're redeeming the painful memories of the past. Redeeming the memories of failure. The memories of loss. The memories of rejection. The memories of disappointment. You're redeeming those memories. This is the year of redemption. And there's joy that you intended for us to have that's still waiting in our past. That many of us have been asking for joy for today, but you're actually calling us to open our hearts to the joy that you tried to give us yesterday that we didn't know how to receive. But today the word of the Lord to us is that if we would open our heart to the joy of yesterday, it will usher us into the joy of today. Break every lie of the enemy off of every heart and every soul. Because whenever Pharaoh says no, the enemy speaks to us and says you failed because you're a failure. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not qualified. You should be rejected. And you are rejected. 
Give us the wisdom to know that that voice never comes from you. Ever. Even in the midst of your correction of us, you don't speak with that tone of voice. That even when you speak a word of correction to us, your correction sounds more like, even now come to me and I'll restore you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. But that voice that brings condemnation, that voice that brings judgment, that voice that brings fear, that voice of the, that's the voice of the enemy and not the voice of the Lord. Father, today I pray that you would dislodge every heart from that voice. I pray it in Jesus' mighty name. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd speak to each and every one and give clarity. This was your how I built this moment. This was your how I built this moment. This was it. This was your how I built this moment. Lord, in this moment, I pray you would speak. And for some of you in this room, and even some of you watching live, you're in your how I built this moment right now. The Lord wants to release his joy in the midst of it. So, Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen and encourage every heart and every soul. By the power of the Holy Spirit, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You received that today? You received that today? Grow in the grace and of the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Every day. Continue to grow in Him. Continue to walk in Him. We're so thankful that you've come today. We speak the blessing of the Lord over you and your family and all that pertains to you. We pray that the joy of the Lord would be your strength and that His favor would be your shield. And we want you to know that this altar is open for anyone who desires special prayer. One of the leaders would love to pray with you today. God bless you. We are dismissed. Thank you.